This is Brothers of Ash, a podcast that explores how Christian doctrine should be lived out in fellowship from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Jack. This garage that we're sitting in right now is about yeah. to burn down to the ground as we, a fire. We, we've got to get that amber. All right. Uh, your beer is going to a beautiful uh, coma summer night Dude, with really an nice. awesome fire. This fire, this fire is out of control right now. So this fire, I don't know if y'all can hear this, but it is, it is. It was blowing up embers everywhere. <laughs> My garage is about to burn to the ground right now. So, well, anyway. burn your backyard right, down. Yeah. yeah, we've been a while Summer since we've been together. It, feel, it feels really good to be back, honestly. Like it was, we had six straight weeks of episodes and then a break yeah. with some blogs and yeah. the blogs have been good minus yeah. mine yeah um <laughs> you know like we got some people signed up to do blogs they're writing away right now it's yep. really exciting some are done but we're still Pumping. trying to you know edit them get them right refine them a little bit we're going to send some back to some people to just kind of you know retouch up or add a little bit more or make it more clear too so you know but it's it's all good because that's the only way they're going to get better at this and you know we're going to be better at it and uh, it's all learning Dang, dude. Yeah. Yeah, this fire is pretty out of control right now. Just saying. But at least we're warm. Dude, oh my gosh! Oh my warm. gosh! Dude, the PTSD high, is going off in my mind right now. All high pitch squealing is. Do we have a water source nearby? No. For, That's why I said yeah. I just hold my feet the whole time. Yeah. But it's time. Yeah, just to set the the tone as well. You know, the, the setting here. That that went in your, that almost went in your eye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chad we, wanted we to uh, Chad wanted to recreate the uh, Tower of Fire uh, yeah. with the Israelites and Moses <laughs> right now, so it's definitely happening. Yeah, he definitely. Our God is a you know consuming fire. Well, Chad got that tonight today. So. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we can draw <laughs> from that. The whole episode is just gonna be high pitched squealing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the whole episode will be yeah. special effects and yeah. me squealing out loud. All right, Jack. What are we uh, What are we talking about tonight? Yeah. So. We kind of well, so for these summer episodes, what we're gonna do is testimonies uh, to get to know us better. And so, as always, uh, the first voice you hear on this podcast is mine. And so naturally, I'm gonna go first. Hashtag obviously. humble Jack. Uh, <laughs> hashtag hashtag alphabetical order. Uh, oh my gosh! Your sweatshirt almost caught on fire. Byron's almost gonna. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So yeah, so we're gonna kill ourselves with fire as well too tonight. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Dude, that definitely way too big. Dude, that was. A why place. why would you put more logs on there? Because you said. Mm, put I, it wonder, I wonder. I wonder, Chad. I'm just gonna move it around. So these summer episodes are gonna be mostly testimonies of Chad Byron uh, and myself talking about how he came to Christ, how he came to faith. What does that look like? So, naturally, I'm up first. And so, how long have you guys known me for about 2011-ish? Jack, the first memory I have of meeting you uh, was interesting because you literally just got back from deployment. Yeah, and you right. came straight, like literally I think the day after, you came over and helped my parents move into their house. Yeah. So this is the that year my parents cuckoo. moved from California here. Yeah. Which I, what year was that? 2012? 2012, yeah. Um, yeah. And I met you last year when you came up the street to Frankie's birthday party and watched UFC on the couch the whole time. Oh, that was when Jack was homeless? Yeah. Came here. <laughs> no, wow. uh, no, I actually met you. The very first time I met you was, um, that I can remember, was at when um, Samantha threw that surprise party for uh, Michael. Oh, yeah. And I actually have a recording of that. But yeah, that uh, yeah, I think that, I said like, I was going to go, go in there and show up. 
What's that? You didn't even have a beard at the time. No. It was disgusting. Clean shaven. Yep. You were like... 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. The most unattractive girl ever. <laughs> wow. Thanks. But really nice. You were really nice and gentle. <laughs> <laughs> And soft. It's wow. super soft. Glad to know that I was a Charmin bear at that time. <laughs> so you guys you guys haven't really heard the full meal deal story of how I came to Christ, have you? No, at least man. Chad hasn't, apparently. No. I mean, we well, talked about it in the, at the church. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard bits and pieces, um, but not like the full scope, the full yeah. thing. So, obviously, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. My mom and my dad were both ex-Roman Catholics, and they are both... All my fam- so all my family's from Cleveland, Ohio, first of all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'll root for the Browns, I'll root for the Cleveland Indians, I'll root for the Cat. Well, not not so much the Cavs these days, but anyway, my whole family's from Cleveland, and they came out here in mid-70s after my dad got out of two tours of Vietnam in the Navy. And Your dad did tour- two tours? My dad did two full tours, two year-long tours in the Navy. On the USS Enterprise, yep. He was on the USS Enterprise, so he was straight Star Trek in it. Uh, Dude, that's crazy. He was an aviation ordnance man, so he basically put all the... He armed all the weapons and rearmed all the bombs and that's munitions cool. on helicopters. My grandpa did the same thing for, I think it was torpedoes in Navy ships in World War Two. All my family's from Cleveland. I have cousins that still live there. My aunt my uncle live there. My grandma lives there. My great aunt <laughs> still lives there too. Wow. So they came out here in the mid '70s because Cleveland was literally like this fire is burning to the ground. Wow. Um, so it was pretty. It was pretty nuts. Uh, had a lot of or? had a lot of civil unrest because of mm. uh, just the fallout from the civil rights movement, mm. yeah. and then on top of that, wow. Uh, my dad's stepdad got murdered as well too. Yeah. Are you serious? I didn't know this. Uh, straight Godfather style too, by the way. Wow. So my dad's uh, stepdad, Ralph, no joke, his name was Ralph, uh, looked like Groucho Marx. If you know who Groucho Marx is, huge mustache, like looked exactly like him, hmm. and was a re- wedding photographer, and got into like the Sicilian mafia there in Cleveland. He started to get into some certain deals where they burn buildings down and they get the insurance money and stuff like that. And wow. so one day he just like decided up, uh, backed out of a deal last minute, and they just brought two guys in, found them on the street walking uh, home from work, beat them up with baseball bats, unconscious, rolled them up in a carpet, threw them in a garbage bin, and then burned the garbage bin. So Dang. yeah. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. that's good night, guys. You, you, you've got <laughs> to try to sleep on that one. So, my dad... Uh, What's your dad doing in all of that? Like, he's trying to stay away from it? Yeah. So, my dad was running a small uh, auto shop at that point in time. So, he came back from Vietnam, started his own business. And so, he was, he, cool. he was funneling the cash. <laughs> so, my dad had his own auto shop, auto repair shop, and then... After that happened, he's just like, I'm done. And my grandma was like, yeah, I'm done too. Wow. And so my mom, my dad, my grandma all moved out to Ellensburg, uh, which my dad visited several times when he was in the Navy. He was stationed out here at uh, uh, Woodby Island. So. Dang. And so, yep, my parents moved out there, and I grew up in pretty much a deistic household um, since my parents were both 
ex-Roman Catholics, my dad and my mom had that background of believing in God, but not knowing how we're reconciled to him. How does this whole Jesus, Holy Spirit thing work out to within the midst of Christianity? What church should we even go to? That wasn't even a debate. Like, my parents were just like, nope, we're just not going to go to church. If we did go to church, it was mostly for, like, activities. So, like, the earliest memory I have is going to a, a pretty, uh, well, it's now, like, a super liberal church, or a super liberal church, a Methodist church, in which we did, like, some arts and crafts, and there was, like, Santa Claus there or something like mm-hmm. that. So, other than that, uh, we had a nativity scene that we set up all the time. Never, like, I never, all I knew is, like, okay, this is Jesus, but I don't know how to worship him, or I don't know how this even, like, I don't know what's going on here. And so, grew up with that background until probably my sister in her high school years became a believer, and then my mom became a believer through her first bout of cancer, Mm. and then uh, I started, yeah. And then I started to, I really just was like, whatever. My dad and I were the pagans. My sister and my mom were the Christians. How did that work with the dynamic of, of, you know, your sister and your mom coming to faith and you guys, you and your dad being like more like, Hmm. you know, like, no. Because boys usually tend to be, they lean more towards their dad. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need that. What does dad do? That's what I do. Yeah, Yeah. no, it was definitely like that. that, I I took, I took, yeah, I took my cues from my dad. And so it was definitely like, he's suspicious. He doesn't trust it. I don't trust it either. And so that's pretty much how that, that all played out. And so until freshman year of college, that's when life hit me like, like a Mack truck, (laughs) basically. So I got into college, uh, at the same university that was in my hometown, so Central Washington University, and then got there and was like, uh, I knew I, I had scholarship money to go there for about a quarter, and then after that, I didn't have any other ways to pay for college other than maybe talking to my parents to take out all the money that they saved for me, which wasn't a lot either. That could save me, that could get me another couple quarters, but that was it. So, was like, okay. And so I thought I was going to try out for the wrestling team, and then they shut the wrestling team down. And so there was no funding for wrestling anymore. And then my only other option was Army ROTC, in which the recruiter for them was contacting me a lot. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll start doing that. And so I enrolled in ROTC classes and wasn't on scholarship yet, but uh, did all that stuff. And then I uh, got a scholarship in January. But before that even happened, like, my life was, like, going down the crapper really fast. I mean, it was pretty typical college life. What uh, were you doing? Partying, getting drunk, Jack getting drunk. Partying. I can't even picture that. Getting really? drunk, sleeping around. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. Like, sleeping around other people's beds. You're like, that bed looks cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That, that answers an age-old question that I've always had. I never asked. <laughs> okay. Well, I just, didn't, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Getting drunk, sleeping around, pretty much living a debaucherous life, was really feeling like absolute crap. And then there was this guy from Campus Crusade who called me up and said, hey, mm. you filled out uh, this card 
and I'm like, what card? I don't even remember this. He's like, you filled out this card at this event, and I wanted to talk to you more about, well, we got ghosts. Uh, Holy ghosts. <laughs> he's like, I wanted to talk to you about this information you filled out on this card at this event we did. And he's like, I'm like, what event did I fill out a card at? And he's like, he said the event. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, sure, why not? And basically, he's like, hey, I want, you know, your card said you wanted to talk more about the Bible and all these other things. And I said, okay. And that seemed very uncharacteristic of me at the time. But I knew deep down inside that I was, like, literally, like, spiritually dying. You needed that. Um, Like, sin was crippling me. Mm. And I was literally, like, (laughs) dying. Mm. And so... All this time, my mom and my sister were praying for me. My mom would bring home certain notes from church about the sermon or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I really don't care. So I met up with Chris one uh, morning. And it's about 10 o'clock in the morning. Met up with him on, I think it was a Tuesday, if I remember right. Uh, This was October 9th, 2006. And... Met up with him, started talking to him, and then just to get to know one another. And then he said, hey, have you heard the gospel before? And I said, no. Mm. I said, I said, I've been to church a few times, but I don't really know what it is or how to articulate it. They keep saying things like Jesus and God, and I, I don't understand. He said, there's a sacrifice involved or something. What is this? And so, like, wow. this is literally, like, the first time somebody sat me down mm gave me the gospel like as clear as day and then Chris is like well I've shared the gospel with you there's there's a need for response from this if you want to learn more I can walk you through that and we can keep going uh, and I can keep talking to you or you just uh, this is something that you don't want to pursue at all this is not this is something that you're just not interested in that's a cool way to, to be able to like be like hey these are this is like an eternal decision yeah you need to really think about this he was making it known like hey this is this is um eternal um implications that will happen here uh from this moment on but i don't think he was spurring me into like uh any kind of decision process yet yeah but then again he led me uh to that point where he's like i'm I'm bringing this to you, and I just want to know, does does Jesus sound like someone you would trust? Mm. Is this Jesus that I'm that I'm bringing forth to you from the Bible? Is this the, do you believe that this is the Savior? Like, he was trying to get me to that point, though. So he wasn't really, he's kind of not bringing me to, <laughs> to make a decision, okay. but he okay. was making it known. It's like, hey, you said that you're convicted of your sin based upon the things that I've told you. Mm. Uh, based upon, you kind of want kind of rake comfort on me a little bit. Like, you're a liar, you're a cheater, you're all this. You've confessed all that. And you know that you have uh, eternal damnation waiting for you if you don't repent and believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need Christ. I basically came out, of that to, came out of that conversation. I said, I need Christ. And then Chris is like, all right, let's like put your faith in Christ then. I said, okay. And I'm like, how do we do that? And he's like, wow. we can, it's like, let's pray right now, and uh, we'll go from there. And so 
that day I put my faith in Christ, uh, we prayed for, geez, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, and it was literally like, I'm not, I'm not going to say literally, but it was a, it was more of like a, a moment of clarity, like just came over me. Um, and there was something that changed in me to where like I had peace um, I just had a clear understanding of the gospel and who God was from that point on and as Chris started to disciple me as well too um, that was I mean it was evident that I needed Christ more and more and um, I st- he was he was really uh, he was really challenging me too and where he would say hey the Bible says to do this it says to ask for forgiveness how have you been doing that? I said, I don't. He's like, well, you've sinned against people, haven't you? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've sinned against people. He's like, well, you should probably ask for their forgiveness because you've sinned against them. And I'm like, yeah, if Jesus is saying this to me, then of course I need to do it. And so he was he was definitely just basically helping, discipling me through that whole time to basically follow Christ in these certain ways. And uh, at that point, I'd already been in ROTC and then found out that the, the lieutenant colonel that was over my battalion was a Christian. And he didn't even know that this was happening on the side. Like, he didn't even know that Chris was discipling me or I was a Christian or anything. And so that was something really interesting uh, that happened as well, too. And then from there on out, I started to get more and more... Uh, I became... A member of the local church, my mom's local church, um, and then what was your mom and your sister's reaction? My mom. So the day, so the day I became a, a believer that day, uh, I was having dinner with my mom and my dad, and mm. at the end of dinner, my dad was like, "Hey, what's going on? You just have this different um, wow. kind of disposition about you." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Jesus changed me today. Like I became a Christian." And he's like, what? Like, he mm-hmm. thought I joined a cult. <laughs> oh, and yeah. he, like, my mom completely was, like, crying, oh. getting hysterical, all this other stuff. <laughs> my dad was like, you've been, like, you've been lied to. Like, somebody's out here to get you. Like, you got swindled. And mm. he reacted very harshly against me and started yeah. to say, like, you aren't my son. Wow. That kind of language. And so, wow. and that took a while for us to, to reconcile that out. But, um, mm-hmm. man, so yeah, first day I was already getting <laughs> yeah. trials and tribulations yeah. thrown at me. And then from that, that day on out, like my friends in high school who I partied with and mm-hmm. um, who I was hanging out with, I told them, and they're like, yeah, we don't really care. Like, do what you want to do, but yeah. we don't care about that. So. You can leave. You can stay here. You can leave. You can do whatever, but we're still gonna do what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. So, and it kind of broke my heart because I really cared for those guys, and they basically showed me just man's man's condition is that he doesn't care about um, about his state of sin, about his state of rebellion, until he's confronted with it by the Holy Spirit, and so. Um, yeah, and so from there on out, um, started to 
get discipled more with uh, Chris in Campus Crusade. Uh, switched over. Chris moved over to Spokane. I got a new disciple, uh, discipler named John. John and I really clicked. Uh, John was like one of the first guys that started to expose me to kind of like the um, guys like Piper. Um, started to talk about the Reformation. Started to talk about all these different things. Started to really get mm-hmm. into the weeds of apologetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started to give me more uh, really good apologetically based ways to witness. And so there'd be days where we would have like almost like this offshoot of the Westboro Baptists on campus and I would interact with them and I'd be like, you guys aren't Christians. Mm. And they get really Mm. intense with me. And then it was my way to witness with other people around. And I went to John one day. I'm like, dude, this is the worst thing that could happen. He's like, dude, what are you talking about? This is the best thing. Mm. I'm like, what? He's like, everybody's going to be talking about this for weeks on end. And he's like, imagine people are going to have questions from this. Sure. And they're going to need us to talk to them from God's word about this, not about from, like, the case of morality, like these guys were talking about, or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so, um, yeah, it was, I got to do several different mission trips with Campus Crusade. I went to Serbia, Montenegro, and Croatia uh, my sophomore year. Yeah, my sophomore year, and then my junior year, I went back to Croatia for spring break. And then after I graduated college, I went to Zimbabwe and South Africa on a mission trip with one pastor that I knew uh, to do some equipping with people in South Africa and Zimbabwe. And so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was very, yeah, I don't know what to say Mm. other than, like, I'm, <laughs> it's crazy that I'm even here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then especially going through Afghanistan and going through all the craziness of like, I had times where people said you were, your, your vehicle was basically over an IED and it didn't explode. I had like a couple of those situations that happened and uh, that was pretty sobering and I've questioned some stuff as well, too, that happened to me in Afghanistan, like a mission where one of my guys passed away on that mission. And all I can say is that uh, the church has been there for me, and uh, the church has kind of become my family because uh, my mom passed away in 2000, in 2011. She passed away from cancer, her second round of cancer. And then um, my sister and her husband and her kids live in Arizona, so I don't, I'm not able to talk with them. My dad was... Ever, yeah, so they're going to come out here uh, for June. They'll be out here, like, in July. Okay. Are they going to so, stay with you? What's that? Are they going to stay here with you? No, they're just going to, like, tour kind of... So oh. my brother-in-law, Justin, and his family, they, like, kind of live up north okay. in, like, Seattle, outskirts of Seattle and okay. uh, Redmond area. And so Morgan and Justin kind of hang out there, and then they'll probably come down here and hang out, too. And so... Yeah. But yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Earlier, when you said that you, when you, when you, um, Chris, yeah, shared the gospel with you, and then you, um, you know, repented and, and started like working yeah. through and asking questions about God. Yeah. Then you said that you came to a part where you became like that. You found like there was peace there. Yeah. Because you maybe opened like what was 
like what was could you maybe explain a little bit more in depth like what that piece is like from what yeah to what it is now um to, or to what it was yeah i think just the piece that i'm talking about is just reconciliation happened with god through jesus um i don't know i think that's how you can explain it on a theological level um i think that's what happened because as as humanity our default position is going to be to rebel against God. And we're always going to be at that default position until the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us. And then basically that regeneration happens. And then you, you become a Christian <laughs> by faith. Uh, so, um, what's interesting is that like, uh, do you feel like as soon as he shared the gospel with you and he kind of led you to be like, kind of got to make a decision here like a lot's going to change moving forward from this moment like yeah. do you feel like it was almost instant that it was revealed to you what this guy was saying was true i think throughout i think there was just a lot of clarity uh there was a lot of clarity versus before and some churches where it was really mm. all i got was a watered down gospel gosh kind of like doesn't a, that just kill you like to to think that like god elected you Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, it's, it's God's plan. Like, this is the time for this to happen. I guess it's unfortunate that you didn't hear the gospel earlier. It, it just always makes me frustrated and when I, people and water, down, water down, down the gospel. And it's no just, doubt about it, like, I, I, started to, I started to talk to my friends, and I started to get ticked off at some of my friends who I knew were Christians back in high school be like, why didn't you tell me this? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, why didn't you witness to me? Like, wow. I went back to them That's and said, huge. like, why didn't you do this? Yeah. And they didn't really have an answer other Dude, than, like... Dude, there's so many times that I haven't shared the gospel with somebody. Like, and by the grace of God, lately, it, it's it been a little bit better. Like, I've been feeling less scared, I feel like. Yeah. Um, which is cool. But did, did you have another... I, I another question. No, I I, I kind of had a question because um, yeah. you said that your mom passed, and I mean obviously, yeah. I mean you talk, I don't want to open up too much on that, but even for maybe other people that are listening, possibly mm-hmm. that have maybe experienced awesome. that or yeah. have have even you know um, are just maybe brand new Christians, or they've been a Christian for a while and maybe they just lost their mom or their dad or sister or their brother, you know whatever, uh, or whomever I should say, I mean, whatever. But uh, could you maybe like maybe share some wisdom in like how you worked through that grief? Yeah. You know? And, um, and working, working through it? Yeah. Still? Yeah. I, still working I, through it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It was really tough for me because, A, when my mom passed away, I mean, before that happened, I had really a really good friend in high school that committed suicide. And then I had my ROT, one of my ROTC instructors commit suicide. Wow. Um, and then... <clears throat> what else happened at that point in my life? Wait, this is all around the same time that your mom passed? No, uh, no. This was so this like, like this was like things right is before, total. Yeah, this yeah. is okay. up until about 2010. And so, hmm. so from when I graduated college, I had that previous year my R- Army ROTC instructor commit suicide, and then way back in high school, like. 2004, 2005, that's when one of my friends who I grew up with, she uh, committed suicide. So I kind of had already uh, had that kind of grief, but didn't have that really kind of happen to me, per se. Mm -hmm. And so when my mom passed away, I was off in Georgia trying to try out for ranger school. 
and uh, I didn't get through because of some stupid paperwork stuff and whatnot. Mm. And then mm. next thing you know, they're like, I got a Red Cross message, and they're like, hey, you know, your mom passed away. And so I got my orders addended to go, because I was always going to be stationed here at Fort Lewis here in Washington State. And so I really didn't have a whole lot of time to grieve because basically I left Georgia on a Monday and got here in Ellensburg where the funeral was going to happen on that Wednesday. Wow. I traveled cross country, like in my car. Oh, wow. From, like to the wall. <laughs> so. You had to drive? You didn't get any flights? No, because I that was my my duty station was gonna be out here. So oh. they're like, well, you'll just you use you'll just use leave oh, and stuff like that. Like, so dude, to have to drive I, all that way with that news and yeah, not being able to be it there. It was yeah. that was probably the toughest Oof. the toughest thing I had to do because knowing that your mom passed away and you have to drive to basically go to her funeral and you don't have anybody to talk to yeah, because you're driving just nonstop. And then I got here, we had the funeral, and then basically after that, I got stationed at Fort Lewis. And then after that, um, we were, like, I went to Fort Irwin to train up for the deployment to Afghanistan, then I went to Afghanistan, and other stuff happened, then I came back, it's like... Jeez, dude. So there was, I don't, I'm still... That's when I met you, at the culmination of all of that. Yeah, and so... I would still say that I'm still kind of in that grieving process that I haven't figured it out because I really didn't have time to necessarily grieve her death back then. And, I mean, it's still... it's Stuff is still happening to this day. Like, guys that I know are, have died in combat or committed suicide or have died really tragically. Um, and then my dad's fiancé passed away. Yeah, that was, that was horrible. Um, and so... Yeah, as far as advice for grieving, it's really tough depending upon the cer- depending upon the certain situations that you're in. If that person's a believer, you can have comfort to know that our hopes in Christ and we'll see them again and that's the promise that God gives us. But it's really tough when you're dealing with families and other friends and their families that aren't believers because you don't know where they're at because you haven't seen A, uh, a confession of faith, and B, the fruit of that confession lived out. And so I've gone through that a couple times as well, too, within the last couple years, and it's very difficult. Yeah, you just, uh, there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of patience that has to be involved in that, and at the least that I can do uh, with those certain friends and family members who aren't believers, but they still have people that pass away, is basically do what the Bible tells me to do, (laughs) which is um, grieve and weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn and uh, comfort them with uh, gospel hope and just be the incarnational love of Christ to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I kind of go about that about grieving and about going about that process of grieving, but it's tough. Like, it doesn't, it's not easy. I'm sure it's probably even harder just the fact that you're still going through grief 
Brief, yeah. you know, brief, and then you even ha maybe have to minister or love other people yeah. through theirs too. Yeah. When you're still, you know, wrestling and dealing with yours, that's going to be really difficult. I want to ask, uh, like, so since meeting Jesus yeah. and going through all of this, and just us knowing you and where you're at, like, theologically and relationally with with Christ, um, take us, I guess, just through some of the milestones after meeting Jesus that you already haven't like you haven't already mentioned that's brought you to this point just kind of I guess summary of your relationship with him from meeting him to today I mean I was in I was in the army for about five years and so that was kind of the crucible of understanding I think just my mom passing away was a big understanding of me becoming a man that was kind of God's timing where it's like yeah, it's time for you to step up now. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first point in my life where God was really saying, yeah, it's, in a sense, when I was a believer, when I was a believer in uh, college, it was definitely my mom and myself were very close because of our, our faith in Christ. And when my mom passed away, it seemed like God was like, well, it's time to be a man of God now and really own up to your faith and really live this out. And so that was a huge milestone, especially to go on deployments, a year-long deployment in Afghanistan where I saw a lot of crazy, gruesome stuff. Mm. And then uh, coming back, being part, I mean, through all that, I mean, I was still part of local churches. So when I was stationed in Fort Knox, I was part of a local church there. Um, when I came and got stationed here, I was part of a local church here, obviously with you guys, <laughs> when I met you all. Um, and then still going through those things. And then I think even just becoming to the point of uh, just seeing a lot of truth and exploring uh, the word and understanding what Reformed theology is. So I'd say that was probably mm -hmm. another kind of uh, maturing point and then even understanding what is being a reformed baptist and then going kind of into that maturity uh through that and so and then to this point where i'm in seminary where i'm learning about all those things and then really digging deep into the weeds of seeing how uh the bible is a continuous story with big big huge narratives that connect both the Old and the New Testament together. So, mm. I don't know. Nice. Does that kind of sum things up? <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then on top of that, through so when I was in involvement in church, I mean, and then mm -hmm. when I was in, um, like, I, when I was in college too, like I went on several mission trips, yeah. and and so, um, just stuff like that really helped out with um, building my faith up. And like I said, the biggest thing is. Uh, being in community with people and then being discipled by somebody and discipling others, I think, is a big thing. Uh, I mean, just even some certain guys that are in my men's group are just like, I'm glad that I have other people I, I go through this with. Yeah. I'm glad that I have other people that I can walk with in this journey of faith in Christ, which is, like, huge for those guys to say that. Because I don't think they could have said that two years ago. <laughs> Any other burning questions? <laughs> you know, it's it's cool to see. I mean, because obviously, not knowing you before you knew Christ, 
It's now knowing yeah. who you are now. It's like, it's <laughs> I had weird. No, I had no clue um, you, were, you, you, uh, you, you uh, were, were around the block. Just, right. uh, Jenny from the block. Get, getting around. <laughs> like Tupac. That's crazy. Like it's, uh, you know what's interesting? Jeff doesn't remember any of those people. <laughs> no. Um, remember Baptist. We'll, yeah. we'll go over my testimony later. Baptist, oh, dude, I, t- so I blame the Baptist. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> because I've only known you as a Christian, yeah. for some reason I painted this automatic picture that, like, you've been like that forever. Oh, and, no. it, and it's interesting to, like, think about your upbringing. It's like, you know, two non-Christian parents, and then your yeah. mom got saved, and your sister was saved. And then, yeah. I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, of course you're going to live a life that was not centered on Christ before that. So it's it's cool to just to hear your story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that so, kind of and that kind of goes into like how I even talk about how do, how did I come to certain theological positions? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just like I'm like tell me about it in the Bible. Where does it say this in the word of God? Yeah. And how are you going to explain this to me? Okay, for some reason, Jack, I don't I don't know the answer to this question about you, so I have to ask. Yeah. What is, like, your favorite thing to do? Favorite thing to do? Yeah. What What do you enjoy? Like, what, what, what what's your hobby? What's what do hobby? I enjoy? Yeah, what are like, you talking about? I don't know. Life, what, bro. Yeah, Life. yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, hanging out with us. I mean, that's, like, the best, but... I mean, obviously, like, if anybody knows me, they'll know that I love to talk about movies a lot. Yeah, true. Um... Yeah. So I and just watercolor. Have, I just <laughs> and those bobblehead things. I just, yeah, dude, I the bobblehead—that's a hobby. I just have like a huge collection so. of dolls, bro. <laughs> dolls. Okay, they're not, not dolls. <laughs> they're action figures. Okay, they're not dolls. They're called Pop Funko. You jerks. Um, oh man. So basically, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I collected Star Wars stuff. Okay. And so, yeah, like, when didn't I, your dad just give you a bunch like a couple like a year ago, like a bunch of I got them Star stolen Wars out of my car. No. Yeah, I got, I got a I got you a, showed me I had them a box when they were in your car. Was, I had a box that was no that was way. in my car that got smashed out and somebody Man, stole I that wonder stuff. who did that. <laughs> Weird. Uh, in any case, so, so I used to collect Star Wars stuff, and then when uh, when I grew up, when I quote unquote grew <laughs> up. Uh, I'm just like, man. I want something that's gonna rem- like that's gonna give me those reminders of my childhood. Yeah. And those like pop Funko figures are like a perfect thing because okay. they they do like culture, like different movies, different mm. TV shows, like everything that's going on in culture. That's kind of like Dude, put this you kind have of like, like bobblehead. You have like a thousand of those things. Yeah. It's how it's many do you nice have actually? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I I'm haven't like, I haven't bought any in a hot hot minute because I've been that's cigar money right there. Yeah, so. like, <laughs> yeah that's okay. Cigars. So so dolls, pop Funkos, dolls, cigars, cigars, dolls, pop fun, pop Funkos. Hey, have you gone to that place in Everett? Their their, their headquarters is in Everett. It's nuts. really wow. it's nuts in there. All right, no. cigars, nope, pop Funkos, books. Why are you eyeing me, dog? Because you're all <laughs> just knocking the floor, guys. What do you mean? Jeez. I'm knocking him. Then we there. You're knocking him. I'm not knocking him. I said I'm listening. Yeah, no, you're staring me down like I'm some jerk. That's why you're getting stared at. <laughs> okay, cigars, pop Funko, books. Yeah. Going to the movies. Yeah. I love to go. If there's a movie out that's something that's worth seeing, I'll probably go and see it. Have you seen John Wick 3? No. 
Are you serious? I've never seen the first one. Oh my. Have you I've seen, seen the, any I've of the Yeah. Have I've you seen, seen the second? The, yes, I've seen the second. Oh my goodness. Okay. I haven't seen the third. I haven't seen the third here. either, so whatever. But Byron, get on our level. I mean, right now, my hobbies are mowing my lawn. <laughs> Partially. Dude, which you suck at. Partially. Hey, did you see that? Partially. Did you see that out no, there today? Dark. I can't see. Sh- I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mowed it, son. Keep it G rated, son. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, uh, I ain't saying G either. Like, anyway. Uh, question, burning question, because I know they're all desiring to know. Has your dad come to faith? No. Mm. Okay. He no, he hasn't. Um, it's t- it's tough for him. Uh, it's tough for him in the fact that he's gone through so much stuff in his life. A, he has the predispositions of. Catholicism, Roman Roman Catholicism, and so um, I think how he views things is he needs a mediator to the mediator, mm. um, and that's the way that he's interacted with me before. Versus you don't, it's like obviously it's pretty clear yeah. that t- the only mediator we have with God is Jesus, right? right? Well, send him to Pope Piper over at Desiring God. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But no, he's he's very hostile to to just even the word of God, um, uh, because this it's just your interpretation will come up all the time, and he uses that a lot as a smokescreen, and it's really tough to gauge where he's at. So. Was was he like at that level like even before losing his wife? Uh huh. Yeah, wow. he was. Yeah. So then you add losing his wife. And then the way his fiance died was just horrific. And do you feel like he's gotten worse? Do you you feel like he's gotten more? It's hard. It's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, Sometimes he sounds a little bit more spiritual. I'd say spiritual in that sense. But I don't think he's looking. I definitely don't think he's looking at. Uh, the Bible for any mm-hmm. um, any kind of I would say advice. It's to him. It's advice, really. Um, so yeah, that's tough. Are those conversations do they ever get? Are you ever able to um, have open conversations with them? I mean, oh or yeah, is it, like very rare. No, I have. We've we had okay. a lot of conversations. Um, had conversations about televangelists. <laughs> yeah. We've had conversations. I remember about, that conversation. Yeah. we talked about that. Uh, one random time you went over there, yeah, you kind of talking about an actual conversation we were able to have with them, which is good. So we've had several, several different conversations. I've had long conversations with them about Paul's testimony and how that's true mm-hmm. uh, and how, why would he make that up? Um, and so I've had long, I've had conversations about Greek with him and how the text is in, the New Testament is in Greek. The Old Testament or the Tanakh is in Hebrew, so talking to him about those relationships uh, with language and how the Bible's written, and so, but it's still it's still from that very skeptical viewpoint of just you know my my viewpoint is he thinks that all all things are going to be subjective to the person, and so. Me being a Christian is subjective in one way or the other, which is obviously t- not true. But right. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it's difficult to have certain conversations with them uh, in that sense. So 
Alright, so he asked what your favorite hobbies are. What is your favorite uh, food? Favorite food. Favorite food. If you could just eat Well, the man doesn't even have plates, cups, or silverware in his Recently? House, so. That's true. It's just frisbee tops. <laughs> <laughs> Recently? Macaroni and cheese. Out of the I bowl. mean, when I was growing it's up. A box. When I was growing Jack up, I would say. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was barbecue chicken. Okay. Right now, I'd probably say chicken teriyaki. Okay. All right. I'll get on that. <laughs> cool. Well, plus, so I mean, my, my plus, like my yeah. brother-in-law is Mandarin, oh, and so okay. he took me to like some. My brother-in-law took me <laughs> took me to some like legit, uh, dumb soup places. Yeah. <laughs> so have you had dumb soup before? Mm-mm. It's basically uh, it's a type of, uh, it's a type and way they serve food in China in certain parts of China. So they'll take like carts push the carts around it's kind of like a mobile buffet okay so you'll sit in a place you'll sit in your booth and then they'll bring this cart to you and it's just full of like just pick from it. rice oh, and so barbecue cool. beef rolls which are freaking legit nice. dude and then they bring it out you still uh kid i see a menu <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but you can bring awesome. my blame my brother-in-law for getting me hooked on coffee so oh, him, my sister, I go over. Black so or with cream, sugar. With he would go straight, nothing. He would go drink this, yeah. and it'd be like straight up espresso, nothing. Yeah, in it. nice. And so when my when my sister and my brother in law lived in in Ellensburg, right when I was about to go into college, I go over there, and he's like, drink this. And then when I when they moved over here to the west side go over there to their house and be like drink this <laughs> he'd have like his own just legit espresso everything. machine wow, that's awesome stuff he's like a snob that. yeah he's probably got some really good stuff that's great well cool. thanks Jack for sharing yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to hit on or um, stuff we gotta talk about maybe we could talk about stuff that's coming up yeah so I'd say uh, just keep us uh, keep listening to these next couple few episodes in which so my uh, my testimony got shared. Chad's going to share his testimony, and then Byron's going to share his testimony. So you guys can stay tuned for all those uh, different testimonies coming up in the weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. And then keep checking us out on brothersofash.org, yep. which is our website, which we've and, got yeah. the blog of. Yep. Yeah, it's been awesome. And honestly, it'd be awesome if uh, we had some more people just uh, mm-hmm. volunteer to write for some stuff. Even, and it, doesn't always, it doesn't necessarily have to be topics that we've talked on. Yeah. It could be on maybe something that you're really... It has to be biblical, obviously, but, you know, passionate about and that you feel like could be edifying to other people to read. Um, and then we'll go through it and, you know, edit it and talk to you about it and discuss it with you and make sure that, you know, it's, it's you know, it's not heretical. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, or it yeah. makes sense and it's clear and concise so people understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we would love for more people to be involved in that area also, writing the blogs that's hard for three guys you know or just a couple random people to do it mm-hmm. yeah. which we're super grateful for everybody that's been doing it so yeah, and then check out the website support us and uh, yeah check us out on Twitter Instagram at Brothers of Ash all one word you can hit us up with any questions that you have on our uh, Instagram or Twitter yep. accounts just by DMing us or anything it's honestly like that. been really cool yeah. hearing from random people yeah uh, even like other podcasters that have been talking to us, um, yeah. it's really cool to get feedback from them, um, get shout outs from them. It's been, it's been fun for me. Like I, I really enjoy this, like outside of our friendship, like this podcast is 
um, something that I think has been really cool and edifying for others. Like, yeah. there's, just been some, there, there's been some really cool things shared with us um, that people are, you know, taking away from this. And we want to add to that value by including you, the listener, um, to write a blog. Um, if you're interested in jumping in on an episode, you know, we're planning right now what we're going to be talking about in the future. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we just would like to know if you're interested in jumping in on an episode, uh, and then we can work out the details to, to see what that looks like. Yeah. So and If you guys get on iTunes and actually rate us on there, that yeah, actually helps us get out there more yeah. for other people to see, too, if you like this. You know? mm. So you know, give honest five-star reviews. We'll be real with that. Five stars, please. Or one star. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> or donate money, whatever. Yeah. Dude, now it's like smoke. Yeah. Uh, should we share one podcast that we were listening to? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I Since you go. brought it up, yeah. Byron. Yeah, I'll go. Um, it's from Presbyterians. That's all right, though. Um, just no baptizing are, babies. Are, are um, they like praying the entire called, time? Yeah. <laughs> they just baptize wow. all babies. They just baptize I, I, I can say that because Janelle was at a... Presbyterian Church or family was. Stop because there's and people that are dude, listening that Presbyterian They pray so long. Dude, there, there's so many nights that uh, I literally fell asleep when Chanel was praying. That's, You're that's, a terrible dude, husband. That's true fact. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's true dude. fact. I mean, it's hilarious. All right, but, anyways. Yeah, Presbyterian. So, Simply Put is a really cool podcast. They're only like five, six, seven minutes um, huh. podcasts. And um, a gentleman, I can't remember his name. I think it's uh, Barry s- Cooper. It's called Simply Put. Mm-hmm. It's through Ligonier Ministry. And um, he just goes over like little topics like original sin, sanctification, justification, imputed righteousness, and Satan. And, and he just goes through all these things and just explains them very clear. And just, like I said, Simply Put. Mm-hmm. And they're just really quick and easy. And so it can draw you to, you know, dig a little bit more in Scripture and understand what you believe and why you believe it. Um, so then you're able to, you know, share that. And others. So that's kind of what I've been listening to. It's been really cool. Nice. Yeah. I'll only give one. So I've got two shout outs, actually. Um, I can't limit it to one Just because. Do it. Come on, Chad. Save it for the next one. I'm, uh, gosh. So we're we going to do podcast shout outs on, on like the summer episode? Yeah, let's just do it. Okay. At least right. one that we're listening to. So uh, this is so tough. Which one do I pick? All right. So I'm Tell big. You pick first. I am big into comedy and I love. Like, if I was talented in comedy, I would freaking do that full-time because I, I just love it. And so uh, some of you might already know who Dustin Nickerson is, um, but uh, he is awesome. I'll just say that. Dustin Re- Nickerson? Dustin Nickerson. Okay. So he's got a podcast, and it's called Don't Make Me Come Back There. Don't Make Me Come Back There by Dustin Nickerson. Is he's he a, crude like you? No. Well, no. I mean, he's... He's, he's a Christian guy, and uh, he actually um, grew up with a really good friend of mine um, oh, cool. And in this area. Oh, cool. Uh, and I actually learned... So, so a couple of weeks ago, I actually got to go um, to see a show uh, with his, um, his dad's sister and my friend, Micah. Um, and it was awesome. We got to hang out with them for a little bit to get to know them. Um, they were just sharing, you know, stories of them growing up and stuff, but... The dude's great. He's a family man, um, but uh, he's he's really starting to grow in the comedian world. And uh, like he was just on a special episode on Kevin Hart's podcast, which was awesome. Hmm. Cool. Um, so it's just cool to see him get out there. Um, he's got really good comedy. It's hilarious. Check him out. Uh, again, don't make me come back there, Dustin Kinstra. So I'll I'll kind of give 
two. I'll kind of do what Chad did. You I'll can't do. One. You can't do two. One. I gave one. I'm the host. If you're doing two, then I'm I'm doing my second one. I'm the host. Okay, so then before Jack goes, I'm gonna go. All hosts. Yes. Yeah. Guy. We ain't talking about yeah. pastries either. We, okay, if, I'll pull out that if, card. If you're going to be El Presidente, then we need to elect you that position. All right, one, two, three, let's vote. And no votes. All right. Anyways, so... I'm the host. My second podcast is Hostess what... Hostess with the mostest. Dang right. My second podcast, once you guys just calm down here, um, is uh, Christ the Cure. And he's got... There's yeah, I just some, heard him. Yeah, there's some that are Good short, some that yeah. are like decently long. Um, yeah, he just did an interview for Dead Men. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's awesome. Um, I actually had a friend of mine co- at church on Sunday um, come up to me and let me know, like, hey, you got to check out his episode about his testimony. Um, it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to listen to it. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> he just told me about it, so I haven't had time to listen to it. You realize it's Wednesday. Church is <laughs> on Sunday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. It's Wednesday, right. my dudes. So... <laughs> If you guys saw our Instagram stories, you've you've already seen my Chad top four podcast, and Dustin Nickerson is on there, and Christ Secure is on there. So, anyways, send it back to Byron for your second now, your second podcast. I got, I got two that I'm kind of tossed between, but all right, get out of here. Uh, but, <laughs> other ones, no. Uh, something I like is the the sword and the uh, trowel. I like that. It's really good. The sword and the trowel. Yep. So the sword and the, oh, the founders, the, yeah, founders ministries. Yeah, I really like their. I really like theirs. Right. Um, and we will do a podcast on social social justice. Oh my gosh! I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I am not crap. ready for that crap. Yeah. Y'all ready we, for this? We definitely right? need. A, we definitely I don't think a, nobody's ready for that. We, so we need a special guest for that. But anyways, that's sure. that's probably a one that I I really am encouraged by those guys. I really like their um, what they talk about. So all right, Jack, what are your two? Okay, so two, I would say, first one is Box Press. Mm, okay. It's yep, uh, Boveda. Yep. Uh, it's a, by a guy named Rob uh, Gagne. And so he basically talks with different guys who are uh, either CEOs of cigar companies or <laughs> influencers within the cigar world or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's actually really um, good. And so <laughs> he'll have, like, discussions. He's had a guy who I really... Uh, like and who's probably one of my favorite cigar makers, uh, Robert Holt on there, who owns Southern Draw Cigars, who's a Christian too. So that's mm-hmm. been cool to see how I think him and so Robert and Rob have like interacted with one another and talked about faith and stuff like that. So that's been interesting. So I listen to Box Press a lot uh, just to see what's going on within the cigar world. And then second one, man, I got to I could either I could either go with well-known guys or guys that I know that are like near and dear to my heart. And I think the well-known guy that I know and that I appreciate is uh, old Rudy Rubio on Hood Grace. Hood Grace. Hood yeah, Grace. Um, I'm gonna look that up. Right love now. Rudy. Like uh, I've been down to L.A. Uh, where he lives, mm-hmm. Linwood and Compton. Uh, mm. Love how he interacts with certain people. He's gotten some, I think, some legit guys on there talking about faith and how that's lived out and comes at uh, talking from the perspective of what it means to be a Christian inside the context of being in Linwood and Compton where it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's just, I mean, in some areas wow. of Tacoma, it's well, like that too. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys have listened to this podcast, we have like sirens going on in the background yeah. all the time where I live at. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. Hood Grace, Box Press. My favorite one is uh, Brothers of Ash. 
That's a good one. You suck up. I think that, so, uh, what's his name, Chad? Yeah, he's the best. The Chad. <laughs> All right, guys, that was our episode for the first round of summer episode testimonies here at Brothers of Ash. You can check us out at Brothers of Ash on Twitter or Instagram and send us a question or episode idea or even any kind of DM on those accounts. Or you can check us out on our website at brothersofash.org. So with that, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace. See ya.